Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Opstead, sitting down, as always, with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk uh, NFL uh, 2023 draft prospects. And we are uh, at the point where we're talking about interior offensive linemen, centers and guards. Keith's happy again, two shows in a row. How about that? Yeah, two shows in a row about offensive linemen, which is awesome. And this one happens to correspond to Seattle's biggest offensive need. Um, they have got to fix the interior of the offensive line. They fixed the tackles last year, um, you know, getting both starters in the last year's draft. This year, they've got to get at least one starter, either at center or guard, preferably, um, in my opinion, center, given the news that came out today. I would like to see both. Uh, I'm also greedy and understand why not. You know, you might want to have four starters in their first or second year, um, all at the same time. That's maybe not the best plan, but I'm game for it anyway. So, um, yeah. we'll see. Well, you know, there were there were times where um, Seattle was very successful as far as uh, protecting Geno Smith and and allowing the offense to to do its job to uh, create running lanes for Ken Walker earlier in the season. It was Rashad Penny in the first couple of games. Uh, I thought overall the offensive line performed league average, which actually is an upgrade from where we have been. And with the two tackles, we've got the outside solved now. Uh, Austin Blythe was at center. He's an unrestricted free agent. We had um, Damian Lewis on the left side at left guard. He's back for another season. I think that's his final year. They'll have to figure him out in 2024. Gabe Jackson is also under contract for another year, but he's got a huge cap hit. And today they uh, announced uh, that they extended Phil Haynes, offensive guard Phil Haynes, who split duties with Gabe Jackson during the season. Took almost three. Uh, excuse me. Took almost 485 snaps on offense. Uh, 18 pressures um, allowed but otherwise performed, again, around league average. Uh, mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus had a rating on him right around uh, 60 for the season, which isn't horrible, not great, but it's not horrible. So they've kind of taken care of the draft hedge, it seems like, at least at right guard. And the only one they really need to take care of now is at center, and then they can go in the draft and really kind of allow the draft to, to work in their favor. Yeah, and I I expect them to extend Blythe actually, and or uh, and and bring him back on a one year deal that they can cut him if they get a um, a rookie who's good, um, and if not, they've then they've got a guy that they can basically kick that can um, down the road a year. Now this is a good year to get a center in the draft, so um, you know that's one of the things that that they need to consider there. But Jackson's likely going to be gone, but you've got now got Haynes and Curran on the right side. Um, battling it out you got lewis on the left and uh, not a lot of depth so they're going to get a guard no matter what in this draft it's a matter of whether they draft one early that can be a starter or they draft one 
you know, in the middle rounds who can be an instant backup or the late rounds who can develop into uh, a player down the road. In addition, they've got free agency available to them um, where, you know, anything can happen really. So um, let's talk NFL draft. Let's get right into this thing. Uh, the, the first lineman I wrote down is actually listed as an offensive tackle. And I just want to talk about him again. We talked about him in the, in the tackle show, but really I was under the impression um, that I think that he's going to move inside. And so I thought I'd feature him here as a guard uh, option at, you know, possibly the 20th pick in, in the draft for Seattle, if they decide to go that way. Um, Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern, 6'4", 315. The reason I've got him, that's kind of a prototypical um, tackle size as well. He played tackle um, in college. He played did play one year at right guard as well earlier, uh, like a sophomore season. But uh, he's got 32 and a quarter inch arms and 79 inch wingspan, which <laughs> dictates basically that he's going to move inside. Most guys with that length, do have issues and problems um, allowing people to get into their chests and their bodies at the NFL level. And so that's, and there's a lot, I'm not just the only one who's kind of projecting him. There's some others as well. You think he might have a chance at, at right tackle or, or left tackle in the NFL. I'm just thinking, I'm going to go ahead and mention his name just in case. Yeah. I think he's going to end up as a right tackle in the NFL. And then, you know, basically it'll be a, we'll see. And if he, if he does what you expect him to do, um, then he'll struggle there and get kicked inside where he'll be great. Um, you know, it kind of depends on the situation he lands in because if he lands on a team with a good tight end that they can um, help, that can help him out on the speed rushers on the outside, he could end up actually being a pretty good right guard. Yeah. Um, very technically sound. So um, yeah. there, there's that. Combine so, huge for him. It is. He needs to. He needs his arms need to grow another inch uh, between now and the, <laughs> that would and the be, combine. That would be great for him. That that would mean a significant amount of money over the the length of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and he may end up being a, a center prospect as well with arms at thirty two inches. Actually, um, yeah, and at that size, because he's, you know, he's not the three hundred and forty pound guard. He's a you know tackle prospect at three fifteen. And he's so, very athletic. He's very so moving. Putting him at center actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, interesting. All right. Kind of sounds like we're talking about Justin Britt, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Justin Britt was a little heavier, wasn't he? He Justin was. Britt yeah. was like three thirty-five, I think. But he was awful at tackle, and he was awful at guard. Even worse at tackle, and then they moved him to center, where he was pretty damn good. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, if they draft a player at twenty, I don't want it to be uh, him. I want them to draft Osiris Torrance, um, the guard road grader. I mean, this guy is a mountain. He's huge. Uh, and honestly, he's he's as good of a guard prospect as we've seen in a while. He's at least a run blocking guard. Yeah. Um, 337 and just clobbers people. Um, Long, 84 inch wingspan, complete opposite of Skaronsky, really. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that if he had played tackle in college he might be you know a top 10 pick i agree with that actually um but they didn't they never moved him outside for whatever reason we don't know we'll see what happens where with he's got a 5.4040 so maybe his feet aren't the quickest Mm -hmm. but he's i mean as far as um a guard prospect it's he's ridiculous um and he is going to be a fantastic run blocker 
and that is Seattle's Day, day thing, one. right? Yeah. I mean, he can come in, he'll be a starter, he'll play at a really high level in the running game yeah. on day one. And uh honestly, he's a yeah, if they're gonna draft a, an interior offensive lineman um at twenty, I, I would prefer it to be Torrance over Skarinski. I do I do too, for the for all the reasons that you said. And he's ready made. He's ready day one starter. We don't know if Skaronski's gonna need a little bit of time. Um mm-hmm. playing at Northwestern. Uh, he's going to have to switch positions. You know, there's a learning curve there. Uh, O'Torrance is ready to go right away. Um, not O'Torrance, Osiris Torrance. Um, <laughs> he's just ready to go. I mean, and as far as the, the pass blocking stuff, you know, he's going to, he's going to figure that out. But the, the run blocking stuff, he's like the perfect prototypical right guard prospect, you know, to a T that Seattle loves. Like you, like you said, I think Seattle's probably going to move on from Gabe Jackson. I would be shocked if they don't. They could use that draft, or they, excuse me, that um, cap um, ability to to be a little bit more flexible, and um, and we've already got you know a replacement level player on the roster, and um, you know free agency will need to come, and then uh, the draft, and we'll see what happens there. But uh, this prospect is great. I would love that, and the great opportunity for Seattle in this draft is they've got to pick at five, they've got to pick at twenty, and then they pick again at thirty seven. Um, they're going to be able to really have some impact players here, some starters mm-hmm. uh, to come out of this draft. And to, to get a starter at right guard is one of those positions where you can do that. Yeah, you can definitely get, I mean, uh, right guard center. If you want to draft a guy at 20 or t- start at 20, move back to 25, and then um, you know get some extra picks that way and then draft your player, you can get a starter, a really high-end starter on the interior you, of the offensive line. Would you feel comfortable if Seattle had two high picks invested in the offensive line at guard and center and have them both start uh, day one in this offense? Uh, look what happened last year with that tackle. Um, the idea that you would have two tackles and two interior guys and then Damian Lewis um, – you're looking at a an offensive line that could be the best in the NFL. Maybe not this year because there's you know the growing pains and all of that. But you're looking at uh, the 2024 season where Seattle's walking in with the best um, best of the line in the NFL, and I would be all over that. Like, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're not used we're not used <laughs> to that. We're not used to that. That could definitely happen this year. It really could. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's really completely satisfied with Austin Blythe. I think the team likes Austin Blythe. I think the players like Austin Blythe. But let's be frank, he gets physically overwhelmed um, with today's NFL tackles that mm-hmm. exist. And with what Seattle wants to do, both in pass protection and really dictating terms running the ball, it just doesn't seem like an ideal fit for me. But then again, I'm not Andy Dickerson there as the offensive line coach for the Seahawks, knowing what they want to do. Maybe a guy like Austin Blythe, given his his shortcomings, is something that Seattle can live with yeah, mm-hmm. as long as everyone else is doing well. So, I mean, it's one right. of those things where um, you can't have all pros everywhere. The, the NFL salary cap situation uh, makes it so you can't. So there's got to be some place where you... Um, have to skimp a little bit now hopefully when you skimp you're skimping with a rookie or a guy on on a rookie deal so they're cheap 
Um, and then you have to let them walk afterward because it's a position of non-value. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just, there has to be, you have to find balance um, with all of this. And it's just kind of the way it happens. So, okay. So we've talked about your favorite offensive guard prospect. Can we talk about your favorite offensive center prospect in this draft? Uh, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, uh, 6'4", 220, um, not the fastest guy at a 5.20. Um, he is a guy that looks like, um, he looks like a pro bowler on day one at center. Yes. Uh, right. Oh, I mean, he's just, so if we had he's the Torrance and Schmitz drafted, you know, at 20 and then at 37, something like that. I would be super, super happy. I know those aren't glamorous positions, but talk about fixing what is what ails us as an offense. I, I think this would change everything. I'm sorry. There's a, it's a little dusty in here as I'm like <laughs> cheering up over the thought of a competent offensive line play. Um, mm -hmm. No, I, the only problem that I would have with that, if they use their 20th and the um, 35th pick on both the, on those two guys, which, oh my God, that would be amazing, would be how do you fix the defense? Because the defense yeah. is still bad. Well, um, you know, one of the ways they do I that, think you, need, you need to get one of those two. Um, well, both is kind of, it seems like um, a dream. It depends on the way, it depends on the way the draft falls. If they fall in love with uh, John Michael Schmitz, which they might, they're, they're, they're very much senior bowl oriented uh, folks. This guy was the top uh, offensive center in the country before for that and he came in and solidified that if the draft fell that way and, and they made those picks i would imagine they've felt comfortable with the rest of the roster so meaning they've either addressed that the top defensive priority at number five overall let's just say it's jalen carter that would allow them to go ahead and and solve for a couple other spots that aren't defensive oriented and then you, you just don't know what's going to happen in free agency or possibly a trade situation, uh, Duran Payne, or, you know, there's the tackle market actually uh, in free agency is not that bad. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson, somebody like that to come in and yeah, play Duron, nose tackle. Would Duron be, Payne would be such a and if they And if they solve that and they get Jalen Carter or they get Will Anderson, um, you're starting to feel really good then about the interior of both the offense and defense. And mm -hmm. I, they would knock these two picks out of the park if if it went that way for me. Yeah, I I would say that the worst case scenario, if you end up taking those two picks, is that um, you also took a quarterback at five, right? Um, and so you've got C.J. Stroud, um, and then the guard, and then the center. And basically, what you're doing is you go, we know our defense is going to be bad. We're going to deal with the the rookie growing pains of a quarterback this year with a bad. Uh, defense, and then next year we're going to load up on defensive players and make a run at a Super Bowl. Um, that is, I mean, that would be the plan, right? So it's it's how patient are you willing to be? Um, personally, I think that this team's good enough. Uh, I mean, we saw them. They made the playoffs this year, um, and they did it with a terrible defense and a crummy interior. So if they can get one of these guys, load up on some defensive players, I think this can be a um, a real good team real quick. And now, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. 
The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of this season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So balanced roster. You're advocating for balance. Okay. Um. All right. So anything you want to you want to talk about with this guy at all? I mean, he's kind of a fifth year senior, so he's a little older, not as old as you might expect. He's, um, I think he's twenty, going to be twenty three this this year. So it's yeah, not he's fine, horrible, right? But he's just impressive overall. I think he's going to test really well. He dropped some weight. He was listed at three twenty at Minnesota. Actually, weighed him at the Senior Bowl. He was three oh five, which I think helps him in mm-hmm. Seattle's scheme. You go take a look at Austin Blythe. Austin Blythe is under three hundred pounds but super athletic can get to the second level. That's what they want out of their center. So you're not looking for a guy that's going to be 325 pounds at the center position anymore. Like Justin Britt was, you're Mm -hmm. going to want a guy that's a little bit more agile, but still be able to take on Aaron Donald. Yeah. They want their center to um, be involved in a combo block with one of the guards on the nose tackle. And then uh, either be in position to let the guard release up onto a linebacker or they release up into uh, onto a linebacker. Um, depending on you know the direction of the play and that kind of stuff, uh, so they need a guy that's mobile. They they need a guy that can move. You don't, this isn't a, a situation where you want a guy that's good in a phone booth because their offense doesn't really do that. Um, and that's actually one of the other guys that I wanted to talk about here. And uh, in it's Steve Oliva um, out of TCU because he was a guard. Uh, I got him more as a center than a guard. I think he's got a chance to be um, a really good player, but not in Seattle um, because he mm-hmm. needs a power run game. He needs, yeah, or, uh, or he switches to guard. Oh, I, I think he's going to be both uh, or either one. It doesn't matter. He needs to be, in, he needs to be in a phone booth. Like he's a guy that, that isn't, it can move forward and, and plow over someone but asking him to move laterally and and do the things that Seattle does in their zone scheme, I think, is not in his skill set. And yeah, I just I, I, for me, I don't think this is a it, it would be a good fit. But then I'll also look at him and I go, but he's he is a pro prospect. This is a guy that you know is going to make it as a starter in the NFL. And you don't take him because you're like, oh, it's not quite perfect. Um, I don't know, but I th- I do think that he is a guy that you can um, probably move down on your board if you're if you're a Seahawk, knowing that there's other players available, but other teams are going to covet um, Steve Oliva. Yeah, there's a couple things that that give me pause with him. A is short arms. You know, he's a short guy. He's six four, three thirty two, but he's got thirty two and five inches arms, which is not 
very long. Longer and than then, uh, Skarinski that we started our conversation the, about. The, yeah, by a little bit. But the thing that really bothers me the most about Steve Avila is his hands. He's got nine and one quarter inch hands, which bother me because if he's going to play center in the NFL, he's going to have to use his hands on every single play. And to me, that might be problematic and get away with that in college. But in the, in the pros, the circumference of the ball is a little larger. Mm -hmm. So that'll be something to watch for me. Yep. I think he, but he can play center or guard and, but for me, it's scheme fit issue, but Mm -hmm. still intriguing player god the guy the guy can maul people he's um, just a monster um as far as running people over and 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 knocking defenders on their tail um guy's a mauler but he's mauler going straight forward not moving side to side seattle's his own uh blocking scheme so i think that it's probably not a not a great fit okay here's a guy that i think would possibly be a great fit but of course i want to ask you about this one of my favorite players out of the senior bowl is Cody Mock, the, the uh, North Dakota State. Uh, he, he's a tackle for them, but he's going to be a guard or a center in the NFL, possibly both, swing around a little bit. 6'6", mm-hmm. 305, runs a 4.8840, which is um, which is superb. He's a little older prospect, age 24, got the short arms, the short wingspan, et cetera. But inside, moving around, I think he might be an ideal center candidate. Um, he is... Yeah, I think he is a guy that's a center candidate, um, or he could be guard. But I, I really like him at center. He's six six. He's a little tall for an interior guy, but I don't yes, care. Yes, he is. Um, it's more of a for me. It's more of a his age and um, just inexperience on the inside. But man, I think he is a guy that's going to be a good center um, in the NFL. He's got to he's got to adapt. He's got to learn to make. Um, he's got to learn to make the line calls, do the stuff that a, that a good center can do. Uh, but athletically, he looks like he could be great. And athletically, so just, he came into the North Dakota State program at 221 pounds as a tight end. So <laughs> athletically, true. he's he, you know he's great. Um, okay, so I'm going to pause you just for a second. I heard you say a lot of learn and adapt. Learn and adapt. So where does that put him in the in the draft? If- I actually expect him to go a little lower, um, in part because it's 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 a combination of low level uh, competition at North Dakota State and the fact that he will be being drafted to play a position he's never played. And so I was thinking he'd probably go somewhere in the sixties, maybe early seventies, um, and. You know, we're so we're talking uh, third round to get a guy that has elite starter caliber measurables. Yes. It's just a matter of can he how learn? quickly, yeah, how, how quickly, quickly he can transition. Yeah, um, interesting. But at, at the same time, like honestly, if if they were able to get him with, um, you know, a, a early third, like I'd say they moved down number eighty three or, or or moved down from eighty three. Yeah, from there, or they moved down from um, what's their the last, second pick in the in the second round? Fifty two. Fifty two. So they're at fifty two, and they moved down to sixty five, and and pick him there. That is a, that's that's an, a lot of value. You get a guy that has the ability to do that. You just know that, you know, he needs to learn. Yeah. And honestly, as much as you and I like to to bag on Austin Blythe, he's a good guy to learn from. He's really smart. 
and does the mental things really well. Um, he's just physically not an intimidating guy. Yeah, so, I just think that Seattle system is the perfect system for him. Um, yeah, that's why I'm be. very intrigued. It wouldn't shock me if he's on Seattle's roster by the time it's all said and done because of everything that you just talked about. And he's just an outstanding technique. And he's played, he took snaps at garden and center at the senior bowl, proved he could do it, looked really uh -huh. good doing it. And then um, he played tackle at, at, in college. So in a pinch, a guy's really super valuable because he knows how to do all the things uh, comes onto your team. Now he's not perfect at those things, but he can uh, do a series or two if you need to uh for him so he does have value immediately even if he doesn't start um all right so talk to me about uh a guy that you just can't wait to talk about <laughs> um how about emil um Echior jr out of alabama guy played guard um never hasn't played center since high school but he did play center in high school and um saban reached out to the guys at the senior bowl and said hey Make this guy take snaps at center. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Um, and he was like, cool, I'll do it. And he moved over. He played center and um, looked really smooth and like a guy that was natural. Even though he never played center in college, it looked really natural for mm -hmm. him. Um, he's 6'3", um, 317. So that 6'3 is more of a center than a, um, a guard anyway. But honestly, just like, he can run his ability to move in space. He's not fast. He's got a 5.2540, but he, he looks really comfortable in space, really athletic in terms of his ability to um, not whiff on blocks on linebackers. You know, when he's seven yards downfield, it just looks really comfortable at the second level um, type of guy that I think would be really, really interesting in Seattle. Interesting. Yeah that's that's very cool one of the guys that i thought um that you might say is the is the kid from michigan and i can't for the life of me pronounce his name but i'm gonna try <laughs> uh, it's uh olug olug sagan olug watami watimi um out of michigan six three three oh eight uh 33 inch arms um the the reason and nobody's really talking about this guy but he was the 2022 Outland Trophy winner and the Remington winner in, in 2022. It's weird that nobody's talking about him. Like Which, and those up. awards are like best offensive lineman and best center. Yeah. So what's going on? What? How come? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, some guys don't, it doesn't transfer or, you know, it doesn't translate from college to pro, but I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, this is a guy that can play. Mm -hmm. um, he just, he straight up can. And, um, I think it's more of a thing that, you know, other guys are exciting and, Ooh, here's this person we've never talked about and all of that. Um, but he's just such a smooth athlete and, um, yeah, you know, to his, me, I, his ability to walk in space and, and is, is what, what I like about it. Like he's a guy that what I was just saying, you know, um, but the guy before, but his ability to work at the second level and to get outside, if you want to pull him and have him be a lead blocker, uh, he can, he'll, he can do that. And, and those are the things that, um, you've got to be able to do 
in Seattle's offense. You've got to be athletic enough to move uh, if you're going to be a, a center. And I, he clearly can. I mean, yeah, he's this, great this at that. kid and, and the kid you just mentioned from Alabama, um, Akayor uh, Jr., uh, mm-hmm. these these guys are like fourth round prospects, but they're still really good prospects. And uh, oh yeah, and, and the reason that I mentioned this guy is I think Seattle could find value if they decided to go defense, but still needed to address their interior offensive line by the time they got to the fourth round. There's still some guys around that that could come in and at least be uh, upgraded backups than we currently have. We've we've been in the Kyle Fuller train now for what two Ugh. or three years, and it's time to too long to invest now in a, in a younger prospect in that position, that'd be kind of cool to, to bring in well, a guy like that. Well, yeah, bringing a guy with, with the talent to eventually develop into a starter. Um, and that's what you're looking at here. And um, just athletically enough, I think one of the things that, that uh, if you look at, um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but <laughs> there, there are some times when he, you know, he's caught like, you know, bending at the waist a little too much and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, because he doesn't necessarily trust his athleticism that he can actually slide over and, and get into position, but he's actually really athletic and can do it. I think he just needs better coaching. He needs, um, yeah, just to get an opportunity to get into the pros, get into a pro system and, and really learn. I think he could be a really good player. Yeah. Interesting. All right. There are a number of middle, um, of the draft guys, uh, mm-hmm. at the offensive guard and center positions um, in this thing. Uh, Andrew Voorhees, the, the, the kid out of USC, um, really strong, big, 6'6", six, six, or 325, can play either left or right guard in the NFL, uh, could play center too if he was asked. Um, somebody like that would be interesting to me. How about Joe uh, Tipman out of Wisconsin? What do you think of him as an oh, offensive center um, prospect? Yeah, so... He's a guy, 6'6", six, six, um, and he's a little tall for a center, and that, that's kind of my concern is he he's a guy who he's tall and he plays tall, so guys get underneath him. Um, but again, this might be something that you can coach. But man, this guy is a mauler. He mm-hmm. will take guys and push them 10 yards downfield. He's a super freak athletically guy, and then he's yeah. got that super mean streak um with it and honestly like i said he's tall he's a little tall for the inside but but he's super athletic a little bit of coaching to help him keep his pads low on every play and not have him stand up quite so quickly and he's just gonna kill people (laughs) yeah i mean he probably looks more like a tackle um but he looks like a tackle but i don't think uh, he's a guard I, i i he looks like a tackle in terms of his size, his length, all of those things. Um, but I think his feet are that of a guard, not of mm-hmm. a tackle. Um, powerful is what comes to mind, not 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 quick. Um, and you want quick at tackle. Uh, but man, this guy can just this guy will run people over. And and he's going to test really well at the combine. I mean, I, yeah, I understand he, he runs a one six five split in the forty, which would be the best split That's of any nice. offensive lineman at last year's combine. That see if he does that, he's gonna move up because he's a guy that uh, people are gonna look at and be like, okay, we see the athleticism, we see the power, and then you show the that kind of explosiveness, not just yes. power, but explosiveness to blow people off at the um, at the snap, and 
NFL teams are just going to come running. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. Right. Plus you combine that with the powerful hands and the strength. Uh-huh. It's like, to me, he's a riser. He'd be a, a guy that comes out of the combine and helps himself. It shows, you know, what he did on tape, backs it up with the agility times and, and so forth and moving around comparing him to other prospects. Um, I think he, he solidifies himself and he kind of moves up a, a little bit. Um, and, and to me, if, if it wasn't for the six, six thing, I mean, if it was six, four, he'd be a perfect center prospect, I think for the Seahawks, because he can get to that second level. Um, so we'll see. Um, so, um, one guy that I think our listeners might want us to talk about, um, just because he's from, you know, university of Washington here in Seattle yeah. and, uh, would be Jackson Kirkland. Um, and he's six, seven, talk about a, yeah, talk about a tall prospect. 322. I, honestly, the, this is the guy that there are things that I really like about him, but there's some things that sit, give me serious uh, pause. One of which is his, his height. He gets out leveraged a lot. He's bigger and stronger than the defensive lineman that you see him play against in a lot of his college games, but he loses because they get under his pads. Um, you saw that in um, when he played like a team like Washington State. And he had no business, you know, getting up sacked in that game, but, uh, but he did. And so that's, that's the kind of thing that, that, that I worry about, but um, he can play guard. He can play tackle. He is a pass blocker. He's really smart in his uh, setup, his ability to read what's going on, block the guy in front of him while also having his head move around and, and watch everything going on around him. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, plays, there's plays a, little, a little nasty play like love coaches love this guy. Oh yeah. He, he's a guy. There is a lot to like, You're right? I think there, but God, man, that six, seven frame just leaves me and short arms. wondering. So it's, he's got, he's that six, seven guy, but he's got 33 inch arms. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a little awkward there. Um, and an 83 inch wingspan. So he's got really broad shoulders, short arms, yeah. very tall. Um, so he's top heavy. He's a little top heavy is, you know, the, the, the kind of guys yeah. that are, uh, have the lungs, mm-hmm. uh, torso, he's a long torso guy. And sometimes you, you kind of, you end up bending. You mentioned the bending issue with the, with the other prospector. Uh, you end up reaching and bending a little bit when you're, when you're like that. And you, unless you've really spent time in the weight room, developing your leg strength and so forth, which he could probably need to do. I understand he's an excellent pass blocker right now, ready yeah. to go, but mm-hmm. the run blocking thing would need some work for him. And that's why he's dropped as a prospect. That's yeah. why he's a, you know, he's a fifth year senior too, because of injury concerns. You know, he started as a freshman, which is outstanding, you know, going to the university of Washington, starting as a true freshman, but then he's a fifth year senior as well. So um, he's he's twenty-four um right now. He'll be twenty-five early in the season. Um and that that is a concern as well. But honestly, but he's got I mean the versatility that teams yeah, really, he is, really like. He's a guy that if he drops a little bit more, um, and you can get him in the fourth round or the early five, he's a guy that can be your backup at four positions, which is insane and super valuable um, you know who and, uh, he reminds me of stone who? farsyth you know what that's not a bad yeah 
Um, really small for, prospect that can move around for you a little bit and can play four positions if you if he absolutely had to. Yeah. Um, he's he's a he's a similar guy. He really is. Um, and like I said, I, I think our our listeners will want us to talk about him because he's a Seattle player. But um, yeah, um, I, he, <laughs> there there's there's a lot to like there. One of the guys that came out of the senior bowl that I really liked as a prospect was Nick Broker, the the Ole Miss um, guard. And it took some snaps at center as well. They had a lot of guys doing that at the senior bowl. Jim Nagy is always really good at at listening to um, all of his staff and all of the uh, NFL guys that come in that want to see certain prospects play a different position or or whatever. And that's what this guy did. Uh, Nick Broker, 6'5", 305". 4940, so it shows his athleticism. Got the shorter arms, 32 and a quarter inch, which dictates he moves inside, played a little bit of tackle, uh, left tackle for Ole Miss. Um, but he's going to move inside. Uh, in 2022, he did move to left guard. Uh, while, he, you know, the first uh, three seasons he played, he played at left tackle. No, so, uh, yeah, um, that's an interesting um what he's kind of off my radar a little bit and i honestly i'm looking at my stuff and i'm like i don't know why he's off my radar um yeah he's just got that athleticism that you look for in a left tackle but he's got the shorter arm so he's going to move inside which possibly would make him be a nice fit for a stretch zone system but he's also a he's six he's a six five three oh five uh guard but he but it's six five three oh five i'm thinking center why why is he not why is he not a center um right and, and that's why I think they maybe had him taking center snaps at the senior bowl that might be why he's off my radar is that i've got him as a guard and i think that at 305 they want their guards a little bigger um but yeah. if you move him inside that would be that would yeah. be a great it's that an would interesting be a thing i think on uh nfl mock draft database they've got him listed as their 138th overall prospect which put him squarely in the fourth round that's yeah so interesting um, Another guy would be, um, I know we're running long here and, yeah. and we could just, we could do this forever. I know. Um, but Jared Patterson, um, yeah. out of Notre Dame. Talk about a surefire prospect. He could have probably come out and, and been drafted in the third round last year. Yeah. Um, and didn't really do his, his stock, um, any favors by waiting, but he also didn't really hurt himself. Um, yep. to be honest, uh, other than he's a year older. And so oh, people that's, will, that's will it. get that. I mean, he's 23 now. He'll be 24 next year. So um, that's Talk a little super, bit of a thing. Super short arms. That's the only thing holding this guy back for me. He's 31 and 5 eighths inch arms. <sighs> Everything else about him, 6'4", 305, runs a 5040. Super athletic, smart, played the position really well at Notre Dame. He's a fifth-year senior. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so all of the things, the maturity, all that, the good quickness, the flexibility, the, the reach blocks, uh, understanding angles, everything like that, everything you want in a guy to come in, be ready uh, to be a, a to play right away in the NFL, and it just is a matter of scheme fit for him. And um, one of those places happens to be Seattle, um, as as far as the athleticism mm-hmm. and what what they're looking for from their center position, as proven by Austin Blythe. If they're looking for a similar guy, this would be it. Oh, you know, we completely missed someone. We just completely skipped over Luke Weipler. Yeah, we did actually. I was out of back to out of Ohio State. Um, so before yeah. we wrap this up, we I, I talk I about an underrated prospect. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's so he's so he stands out so much in this uh, draft class that you and I completely <laughs> forgot about him. Um, but honestly, he's a fit in Seattle. Um, 
six yeah. three three hundred. So he's yeah. not not the biggest guy, um, but athletic and quick and surprisingly agile for a three hundred pound human. And uh, plays with the main streak. He loves to um, just finish guys, drive them into the ground. Um, Great, and uh, that is I the think, second best pass protector in the in the uh, in the college football, all of college football. Wow, I didn't realize it was that good. But yeah. I do know he, I mean, his his pass protection is um, is where we think it. I think he's a pro ready center who can come in and start day one. Yeah, um, in a, in the right system. Yeah. Uh, this and one of those systems is Seattle because they're not asking him to be a straight ahead yes. power blocker. They're going to want him to block in space, move, get outside and, you know, get to the second level, things like that, which are the things he's really good at. Um, they're not asking him to block straight ahead against an NFL defensive tackle by himself and just push the guy back. Cause that's not what he's good at. Um, so he would be an instant upgrade over Austin Blythe. So this is where we talked initially in the, in the first part of the show about prospects going um, at 520 and then 37. And we talked about the ideal situation of, of um, our guys uh, in this draft going at, um, at 20 overall, Osiris Torrance at guard, and then in coming back and picking uh, John Michael Schmitz. If we if you miss out on Schmitz or you go after another defensive player, an interior defensive tackle, you know per se something like that, and and uh, um, Weipler could fall, you know, to your pick in the fourth round, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I to me that is n- not so much of a downgrade as you would think. Um, I think that something like that. Uh, because you're helping your team in other areas and come back and, and you can still get a viable uh, guy that could compete anyway in camp right yeah. away at the, at first starting role uh, in yeah. the fourth round would be an ideal situation. He's a, he's a, a day one ready guy. Um, Schmidt is a day one ready guy with pro bowl um, potential. Yeah. Uh, and that's the difference. And that's why he's going to go around and a half to two rounds earlier. Um, right. Is because and, and a guy like Cody Mock, for example, is a is a much more athletic mm-hmm. specimen, but not ready. Like he's, he's a guy not with ready. He's got the Pro Bowl p- potential, but not the day one readiness. Right. Um. And and so yeah, it comes down to if you if you're not going to go get Schmidt, then which one do you prefer? Do you want the high end potential or the guy that you know can play right now? Right. Um. And you look at what Seattle did at cornerback last year. They took the guy that can play right now over the high-end potential and then came around and got the high-end potential with the next pick. <laughs> I like um, it. And the high-end potential guy ended up starting day one. Um, I, I do so. see Seattle doubling up in this draft again. You mm-hmm. know, I've been looking at this thing over and over and over again, and I'm thinking, okay, Seattle's going to draft a couple of defensive tackles in this draft. They are. One of them's going to be kind of a three tech can, can slide outside kind of a guy. And another guy's going to be a true nose tackle. And then at, at offensive guard and offensive center, maybe guys that could play both um, with both of those draft picks. I think they double up on the interior of the offensive line um, out of this draft. I just really think the need is there. Even if we do anything in free agency, I think we're going to have to get some young talent out of this draft. Cause that's where the talent is and the value in this draft mm-hmm. cuz it's pretty deep and we've talked about a lot of prospects and we haven't there's probably four or five more that we could talk about right now and still not get out of the fifth round 
Yeah, and... there's there's probably about 20 more that I could talk about, but I honestly know that I can talk about seventh round offensive guards and be happy about it. And no one's paying attention to me. So we'll let that slide and, and uh, not bore people. So that's funny. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. So why don't we, why don't we cut this thing off? Um, I would suggest, you know, guys to go out and play around with mock drafts and so forth. I talked to uh, Denny at the NFL mock draft database yesterday to see if I get him to add back our seventh round pick, uh, 238 overall in the mock draft so that it would just be that much more authentic. Uh, he hasn't done it as of, as of a uh, couple hours ago, but uh, he's going to end up doing that for us. So um, anything else? Um, What's our next show? What are we doing? Our next show. Um, are we doing uh, defensive tackles? Or I know, we, I know you're itching to do a mock draft. I want to do a mock draft show. They're so much fun. Why don't we do um, both? Why don't okay. we, why don't, because uh, I think the next time we record, we're doing two shows. Okay. We'll do one of each. We'll do, we'll do a mock draft and we'll do defensive tackles. How about that? I'm like, I'm kind of dying to do a, um, uh, a mock draft show yeah. just because they're fun to do. Are they meaningful? Are they, are our predictions going to be right? No, but they're, they're a lot of fun and it's just fun to look at who might be available and really start thinking of how they fit in with the team and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing I think for both, both of us, I think for a lot of people is it's not necessarily the actual player. It's the type of player where they're at and and available in the draft, how the draft kind of falls and and the choices you make to kind of make sure you're creating a well-rounded draft Mm -hmm. and not just focusing on certain uh, position groups. And with Seattle, it comes down to, it's like, are you going to draft defense at five and leave quarterback and say, you know, we're going to roll with Gino and see what happens down the road. Or do you draft quarterback at five? Um, Or do you risk drafting defense and hoping a guy like Anthony Richardson is still there at 20? Um, You know what I mean? And, And so there's, there's like intrigue. And so that's part of the reason why I think that the mock drafts are fun and our mock draft, our mock draft shows are some of my favorite. Well, they are. They're 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 awesome. And and what I will do this time was I'll ask if we can do a couple of trades because I think the last time that we did a mock, we didn't do any trades. We just kind of did straight off the board, which is great. Mm-hmm. But how many times while we were uh, all of our draft picks were in the twenties, did John Schneider elect to drop back Every a little time. bit to, to Every to get freaking? And we time. haven't done that for a couple of drafts. And so to me, at being at twenty. This could be an opportunity uh, to to see John Schneider resurrect his uh, Trader John uh, mantra and move around a little bit to gain some value. And so I'd like to to have a couple of trades available to us if we so choose to use Yeah, them. let's do that. We'll do two trades. And cool. Um, cool. This will be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, awesome. All right. So let's get out of here for now. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is the website. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and please share it if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.